Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Not too bad. That's good. I think I said that differently than in the last 85 episodes, just the... uh, I usually go, uh, co-host Eddie, how's it going, Eddie? And I, I feel like uh, people are going to be wondering what's up. Nothing's up. I think I just, it's been a, it's been a busy day. I was, um, I had Christmas stuff today, which I know is going to boggle people, especially a lot of our American listeners who are still, you know, getting ready for Black Friday and all the the fun that comes with Black Friday, and that's about it, really. Oh, oh, sorry, I forgot Cyber Monday. Everyone's, you know, really looking forward to Cyber Monday, but I mean. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to see your dictionary. My dictionary? Yeah, because Black Friday and fun are not the same thing in my dictionary. <laughs> I guess if you work retail or have worked retail, anybody who calls Black Friday fun uh, automatically gets uh, gets a, a pink slip of some kind. No, no, tra- transportation uh, also has to deal with a lot of craziness on Black Friday. True. All the extra cars out getting in the way. That's true. People got to get places. People got to get home, get to shopping malls and all that. Um, I wish there was a Black Friday sale for Fire Emblem Heroes or really any of Nintendo's sort of games. But I guess we can count our stars. We never really talked about this, but did you see the Animal Crossing game that Nintendo put out? It's got like two different subscription services. Is that not crazy? Mm -hmm. But you didn't know. Right. Because, I mean, I've seen some games that are insane. I mean, uh, and I'll be it. I noticed this after the whole hubbub over Mario Kart Tour happened. But everyone was throwing a fit that Mario Kart Tour had a $5 subscription fee. And, yes, I agree that 200 should shouldn't have been locked behind it. But, I mean, there was one game that I tried out that had a $30 monthly subscription fee. Whoa. So anything more than so, World of Warcraft is this pushing its luck. At this I think World of Warcraft has set the bar for like a video game subscription, right? Well, clearly Mario Kart proves that these days even a third of World World of Warcraft is too much for some most people. I think here's the thing. I think if you're if you're playing a game every day like we do with this one um five dollars a month isn't crazy uh five dollars to me is the new is the new two dollars you know and two dollars when you know two dollars was the thing was the new one dollar subscription right so five dollars is kind of a drop in the hat you probably spend five dollars without realizing it every day you know whether it's on driving to the supermarket or getting a cup of coffee or maybe not every day but i think that I'm not necessarily advocating for a subscription service for Fire Emblem Heroes, but we ha- we might as well prepare ourselves. I know Animal Crossing isn't doing as well as Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, yeah. But I wonder if you could see a subscription service coming to Fire Emblem Heroes and what that would entail. I mean, we know it won't be you get access to the entire hero catalog, but maybe, I don't know. A lot of mobile games have subscriptions that are basically just you pay up front for a bunch of premium currency each day. I've seen that in past years in in, uh, in mobile games, right? Yeah, I mean, um, 
I've been playing a game based on an anime I started watching, and their subscription gives you bonus stamina to do uh, quests each day, as well as 10 of their, you know, currency, which is 400 per summon, mm-hmm. you know, because they got a gotcha mechanic. So something like that, where you get a, you know, portion of orbs daily would be the most likely way, route they go, mm-hmm. and maybe some other bonus. Stamina is not really that worried, but they could easily do a stamina potion daily with it as well. Although they kind of already give that stuff for free. They do. But then again, the the other game does give, you know, a daily login bonus as well. So, Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if, if people have thoughts, certainly let us know either in the Discord or by uh, sending a message directly. But before we get into the show proper, I want to remind everybody we're still collecting donations for Extra Life. You can donate to Eddie or I at bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2019 we're taking your votes for the next game club and currently in the lead is sacred stones the ephraim route so if you've got an idea for game club that will be starting in 2020 go to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2019 and have your voice heard and help the kids at the same time uh eddie let's look at the banners we've got the weekly revival banner with ike ike and mist those two ikes are ike and bike I hope you like the fact that Mike wrote his trike. No, Mike's not on there. No, Mike's not in there, nor is... Well, I don't think we have a Mike. So. We have a like, no, though, right? No Mythic Ike. We do have le- Legendary Ike, yes. Oh, man, we need a, we need a Mythic Ike. Isn't there a well, Valentine's Ike? Ike doesn't quite qualify. Yeah, there is Vike. So, <laughs> I love and, this. And then there's also Vike from Awakening. But Vike from Awakening? Vake, Vike, V-A-I-K-E. Oh, it's a character. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My noob is showing. Uh, yeah. Good old... That's a oh, throwback. Awakening's been a while, and he was kind of a small character and not a giant character. It just popped in my mind when I was saying Vike, you know. Ah, it cool, sounds cool. so familiar. Well, there's also Desert Mercenaries on until the November... The 28th of November. Heroes with Distant Counter until the 30th of November. Then we're moving into December. How crazy is that? Tempest Trials going on until the 2nd, and Guardians of the Peace, Guardian, sorry, Guardians of Peace until the 6th of December. Um, Eddie, how are you doing with your summoning? Uh, well, I got nothing from the TT banner, uh, but I did dip into the Guardians of Peace banner to get that, uh, try and get that new red bow, but I was also kind of uh, trying out the colorless in there, and I ended up getting Alarum. Uh really kind of wanted to get that first red bow that now that they finally added it so i uh kept dipping back in with uh no luck for a while until just before we recorded i hopped in had enough orbs to do a ring i uh, managed to get in a grain uh with an echidna when i finished out the wheel nice. uh, i did also get a chad from the revival banner this morning though not from the tt where he managed to pop up at a five star quicker than any of the others <laughs> in his category have you gotta give what the chad wants right you gotta give in uh well that's really cool i i had some some odd luck i I haven't really like really pulled on banners but i did get a free uh sonia on the tempest trials banner just on my free summon and then i got a keaton in my guardians of peace dabbling uh i was kind of i was doing the same thing going trying to get the red you know bow get a green uh not a green but a green and um no luck but i did get a keaton which i did not have before uh so that's kind of what color is keaton again he's red 
He is red. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I and uh, I remember it's Caden who's green. I was gonna say true. Yeah, green's the one you kind of wanna. I wouldn't say necessarily avoid, but Echidna looks to be the uh, demote. We'll hear why later. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right now sitting on maybe ninety orbs, so I'm just I'm I'm still interested in going a little bit further into Guardians of Peace, at least maybe until one more five star drops. But I want to see what the mythic announcement is, which we should be getting very soon. And and if that mythic, yes, well, I guess if that mythic proves to be what we what we discussed last week. Either way, I guess it's a good thing I'm saving my orbs because I would rather have that character than this one, I guess, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. Yep. But yeah. Yep. If you really want your leaf, you probably wise to save your orbs. I'm sitting on about five orbs, so. Ah. Uh, got a bunch coming in from the Tempest Trial. I need to get in there and start grinding those up to get the rest of those out of there and stuff, so. Cool means. I'll have a few orbs to throw at it, and if I get lucky, I we'll be able to save up for the next ones. Well, you've got some upcoming events that'll provide you some more orbs as well, though. Yes, uh, we do have a voting gauntlet uh, with a login bonus and banner starting, or the voting gauntlet login bonus and banner are starting on the 25th. Uh, we have the Har Grand Hero Battle Revival starting on the 27th. That Mythic Hero we were talking about. Uh, was starting on the 28th, as well as a Heroes with Link Skills banner starting on the 30th. And that voting gauntlet starts on the 29th that the banner launches for. Oh, oh, sorry about that. I made a mistake there. Uh, yeah. No oh. problem. I was able to quickly pull up the calendar and verify it. Nice. A lot of good stuff coming on the horizon, and uh, we'll get to that in the near future, but... We're going to talk about the Guardians of Peace banner with six new heroes across uh, the banner and Tempest Trials. But we'll start things off with the fact that we'll talk about the Xenolog that took place. Um, we thought it was a paralog, so we were kind of hoping for more, you know, um, I don't know what we were hoping for, but but uh, the I, Xenolog. I kind of figured it was more likely to be a Xenolog, but right. it said it said paralog in the video, I thought. Mm-hmm, I but thought I so, too. I could be misremembering, so... Yeah, so we've got a bunch of characters from the Binding Blade uh, that we're going to talk about, but let's talk about the Xenolog before we go too much further because it had some interesting... It, it it definitely mirrored what we got after book two where you had the bad guys showing up in this, you know, secondary realm that was... A yes f- and no. Well, it did not... Uh, I thought that... Uh, if I remember book two, wasn't it Suter he shows up in hell? Okay, you're right. I Sorry, I thought you were saying it was like a identical thing where mm. he showed up and introduced us to the new villain, although we didn't actually see Hell in his Xenolog. Oh, I guess uh, I'm trying to remember. I guess we didn't see Hell in his Xenolog, did we? No, we didn't see Hell until they announced book 3 or whatever. Okay. Uh, no, I I meant more like the scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was You're right though. You're right. I guess I was I'm misremembering that xenolog but in this one we we get some not new characters but are but characters interacting that hadn't before which feels very similar to what happened in the xenolog at the end of book two is is kind of where i'm coming from uh yeah so the xenolog starts with uh leaf and thrasir appearing before or thor having revived them or summoned them to Thor's realm and offering them a job. 
Uh, they're skeptical because they just failed. Why would the, you know they be offering him a job? And she gives her reasoning that their attempts or to live or their you know dedication to their goal is why she's doing that. Uh, but unlike the um, the Xenologue for book two, leading into book three, it appears, according to Loki, that Thor and her are not our enemies for book three or book four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, the, the, the discussion during the battle was more interesting than the side ones because the side was more or less what I was expecting from the video. Uh, but um, Loki talks, you know, in talking to Alphonse, is, drops the name of the Dukkalfar or whatever. It's D-O-K-K-A-L-F-A-R with a lot of accents, so the probably weird pronunciations. Yeah, because yeah. isn't it supposed to be... Are, are coming. Right. Huh? No, well, I, I remember in previous conversations it was a play on sort of the All-Father and the Thor-Loki yes, mythology. Uh, All-Fador is Loki and Thor's leader. Oh, is Doklafor different? I guess I... Doklafor is different. Oh, Alphador, I missed that. Uh, Thor, Thor drops the Alphador to Leaf, and he recognizes the name, so definitely sounds like, you know, um, Alphador, I believe, is a nickname for Odin, so at times, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, they've heard of him, it sounds like. And uh, the Dokulfar or Dokulfar that Loki mentions are something different. And she says, after we encounter them and understand more, then uh, she'll, you know, come and talk to her. So the suspicions of Loki not truly being as much of an enemy as she seemed do seem to be uh you know proving to potentially be true mm-hmm. so do you think do you think they're setting up Dokalfar as sort of the enemy of book four or do you think this is just a throwaway type thing i do believe that's what they're setting up they're introduced they're sort of introducing us like the previous scene log to the new enemy it's just not going to be thor and loki so in the alpha door do you feel like Thor and Loki will play a big enough part that maybe Thor is the free character we get with book four? Like, or do you think that's probably too much too soon? Um, the way Loki was speaking about it seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, Thor would actually kind of fit as a, uh, you know, fit with the order of heroes. Because while Loki is all about chaos, um, and uh, Embla kind of fits that, especially with um, the temper tantrum from the Emperor of Embla that she tends to have on a regular basis because no one wants to play with her. Um, and that's a over-exaggeration of the story, but that's kind of what it felt like the story of Veronica was. Mm-hmm. No one wants to play with her, so she's going to be evil, have a temper tantrum and be evil. Which makes no sense, but who knows? It it doesn't make any sense in the. It doesn't but, make any sense to the rest of the story, but in book one, it's what we had. So, yeah, and Thor is far more about order and, and uh, as uh, blah, 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 blah. 
Asker kind of fits in that a bit more. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense for Thor teaming up with us the way Loki teamed up with uh, Veronica. But it kind of feels like they're saving... They're planning to tease Loki and Thor for book five or further. Right. Because the way, you know, Loki was talking about, come talk to me after you deal with them or after you encounter them. You know? That's interesting. I really like that they're starting to... They're, well, they're not starting to, but it feels like they're building a true multi-part story um, because they've really shown in the past that they're very capable of just dropping each book and starting a new one. So maybe this is the first one that they're creating like a reoccurring thread or, you know, it'd be interesting. I mean, aside from it just feels, I guess, yeah, I guess it is kind of that Loki and Thor. I mean, being a continuous thread, although they've been around since book two, it's just, you know, a bit more in the background in book two, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. Book two to book three conversion well loki definitely was but thor was the brand new this year was she not thor was new this year uh showed up for the first time i think when we got our first um rooker sieges uh, and then uh after that um thor got a further introduction in the hall of forms so um yeah and this gives us a little bit more about her it does feel like they're gonna you know, so they are kind of a recurring thing. Uh, but like I said, Loki's been around since beginning of book two, where she was popping up, causing trouble, working with Surtur. But even then, I always felt she didn't quite fit as part of Surtur's country. No. Yeah. No, it was weird. But, um, I mean, we'll see We'll see what book four brings. My, my last question, and I mean, this could all have served as a, a bit of this is kind of speculation corner but my last question would be basically off the top of your head does book four get revealed in the next week or do you feel it's an early december really or unveil like we're getting around that point where we're, we should be getting a fey channel pretty soon right uh yeah i kind of feel like um you know unless book four is going to be late december uh we should be getting a fey channel uh about book four sometime in the next week uh possibly early early not if not this week early next week because mm-hmm. um looking ahead at the calendar the next set of new heroes is scheduled to drop on the fifth and unless they're not gonna unless that's gonna be the a delayed far-fetched banner because they're not listed as special heroes and we're not getting any banner with the launch of book four seems like that should be the first book for heroes with two or three chapters like they seem to start most of the time with well i mean it's funny yeah it'll be interesting to see what we get but uh let's uh let's let's pull back a bit and and stop looking forward and start looking what we got in front of us which is a brand new host of binding blade characters that we know nothing about so what better way to learn than by writing up a description and sharing it <laughs> with our fine listeners? Eddie, I'll let you start with Larum. Yep, Larum, sprightly dancer. Uh, Larum is a dancer and the adopted daughter of an Etrurian general who is uh, met by Roy resisting corrupt nobles on an island uh, in Binding Blade. 
She joins heroes as a colorless dagger dancing infantry unit wielding dragon slasher words they not make sense. Dragon slasher plus, which has the usual dagger debuff uh, of at seven points, uh, you know, at a a debuff of seven when it's used. Uh, It's effective against dragons, and it disables skills that change attack priority. Uh, She does also have a new skill with speed resistance gap, which at level three gives an ally other than her speed and resistance plus five. Uh, And the ally that gets that buff is the ally with the highest speed plus resistance total. Uh, She also has disarm trance. Disarm Trap, and Dance, filling out the rest of her skills. I swear, I talk on a regular basis, even though that (laughs) doesn't make it sound like I do. Oh, it's all good. It's funny, uh, for those who probably don't know, we we write out our descriptions, and it's it's not the easiest thing to read in a small, you know, column. Uh, Sometimes it can all mash together, especially if you're reading off to the side. But, um, you know, Larum, uh, yeah. I mean, the the tough part with all these heroes is that we don't have the, the personal experience with them. And this is definitely an example of a hero that just does kind of nothing for me. <laughs> um, she looks cute. Sure. I mean... That, that's about it. I yeah. don't have any personal experience with her. You and, know, if that uh, canceled 3DS game get, comes out on the Switch and was Binding Blade, it'll be nice because we'll get to know her. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I mean, these characters, like, don't get me wrong. The characters we're all going to talk about tonight, I would love to get to know them in a way that was comfortable. And and the reason I add that caveat is because I know there's a way to play Binding Blade. It's, there's nothing standing in my way with the internet and all that. But I really, I really want to know, like, I would love to know these characters. And, uh, but in a way that makes sense to me. But yeah, Larum, she, she sounds cool. Um, she looks she looks neat as a dancer she's got like this really cool sort of dancing ribbon that she flies around with her that's that's you know that's unique i'd say from from her other dancers um Um, yep and an interesting note about her or fun fact uh not necessarily about her specific uh but opera mentioned in the discord that with her added we only have two uh technically three if you count dorothea as a canon dancer uh, female dancers left in the franchise that are not in the game yet. Uh, one from Thracia and one from uh, Genealogy, who is a substitute dancer in the second half of that game. Hmm. That's kind of neat. So, we, if they were ever to do like a dancing banner, they could they could get rid of all. They could get them all in the game with one fell swoop. Well. That's assuming they do a dancing banner that's actual dancers, as opposed to a dancing banner that is, you know, uh, Xander in <laughs> Ryoma. Hey man, like they did last year his moves, their moves tore up the battlefield. That's the whole reason they're fighting. Have you ever heard of Jets versus Sharks? That's essentially the story of Fire Emblem Fates. Percival, knightly ideal, a true Etruria's military. Is led by three generals. Among them is Percival, the Knight General. He's a stoic hero who is brave, wise, and loyal. As a Blue Lance cavalry unit, 
Percival wields his prized lance, which accelerates special trigger and at start of combat. If uh, And at start of combat, if foe's HP is equal to 100%, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus 4 during combat and inflicts special cooldown charge minus 1 on foe per attack. He has a new skill in the C-slot called Rouse Defense slash Resistance 3, where at start of the turn, if unit is not adjacent to an ally, grants defense slash resistance plus 6 for one turn. Rounding out his kit is Luna as a special attack slash defense solo 3 in the A-slot, and Lull attack speed 3 in the B-slot. So yeah. So, uh, guy who wants to jump out in front and get that first hit on the foes. Is that his thing? Well, if you look at his kit, uh, the his weapon gives him a boost to all stats if he his foe is at full health, and he has boost if he's not next to anyone. You know, with his rouse defense and solo skills, can't remember what Lul did, but so yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, this guy kind of just looks like a standard knight. Um, oh yeah, you're. Typical Lance Knight. Which they is... come in all the colors of the rainbow. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he he's he doesn't he doesn't have much color to him. He's he's he's, he's got a purple cape. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I really dig the purple cape. Honestly, he's pulling it off really well. That might be a new color, although maybe Jagan's in purple. Yeah, not many heroes wear purple. What's up with that? Where's our Donatello fans? Come on. <laughs> Maybe they don't feel they're royal. Oh, yes, it's true. Uh, yeah, well, let's keep moving. Let's talk about, uh, you know, the latest Sonic character to join the game, Echidna. Okay. Never played enough Sonic to recognize There is an Echidna, Sonic but it's uh, it was DLC for Sonic Mania. So I think it was, like, technically considered, like, fan content. I got Okay. I could be wrong. I, I'll, I'm going to look it up. You you tell us about Echidna in this game. Yes. Echidna, unyielding, unyielding idealist. Echidna is the leader of the resistance against the corrupt Aturian nobles on the Western Isle. Uh, so she works with Larum when Roy meets her. Uh, and Larum. Uh, in joins heroes as a green axe infantry unit. As I mentioned, um, due to her kit, she seems most likely to be demoted. Uh, she comes with Rearguard Plus, uh, which I think was like Sylvia or one of the other dancers who got uh, boosts her defense by seven if she uh, when she is on defense or when the foe initiates combat. She has a new Brazen skill, uh, this one being Speed Resistance 3, which grants a plus seven to the appropriate stats if she is uh, less than full health uh, at 80% health or less. She also comes with soul and drive attack to round out her skills. Uh, so, yeah, the brazen skills were never ones that they tend to lock behind five stars. Uh, they often give them to lower lower tier characters. So she does seem the most likely to get demoted. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that like people are probably shouting at their podcast because the echidna in Sonic the Hedgehog should be very well known because it's knuckles the echidna oh okay i, I should have known that on top of my head because as soon as i looked it up i was like all oh, right knuckles um i know knuckles i didn't know he was an echidna nor did like i said i never really played sonic much 
Yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, Knuckles, I think Knuckles being an echidna was more either like the cartoon or it was made more of a big deal in the cartoon or in like the Dreamcast games. Um, okay. Probably still uh, doesn't which help. Which I didn't play. Yeah. Uh, but this character here, Back to Fire, <laughs> I apologize, everybody. Uh, Back to Fire, this is totally my fault. Uh, Back to Fire Emblem, this, the character, you know, whereas the last character we were talking about, that looks like a standard uh, Lance you know, cavalry unit. But I would argue that um, this Echidna axe user, she looks really cool. Like she's got a lot of color to her. She's got some unique sort of pieces of armor. Um, yeah. if, she, if she got demoted and I and I summoned her or I just happened to get her on as a five-star, I'd be pretty cool with that. She looks really neat. But as you're saying, she's probably the weakest of the bunch, right? Uh, yeah, in terms of skills and all, yeah. Yeah. And but- like... Laram with her, um, uh, what was her new skill again? Uh, you were saying it was, um, the speed resistance gap that might keep her up, but the dragon slasher plus well, maybe Laram will get demoted and they just hate dancers with a passion. <laughs> but of the two, I think, uh, Ikidin is more likely, but mm. well. Uh, we've also got a green, the Nevada Protector. There's a village in the Nevada desert of Alib where the descendants of dragons make their home. And that distant sanctuary is protected from intruders by a green, the ace sniper. Da, da, da. Living up to that description, a green wields Guardian's Bow as the first red archer in the game. The weapon accelerates special trigger. And if unit speed is greater than foe speed, inflicts attack slash speed slash defense minus five on foe during combat. She comes with an upgraded skill in the A slot called Life and Death 4, which grants attack slash speed plus seven, inflicts defense slash resistance minus five. Uh, and the, uh, that's weird how I wrote that. Um, I'm guessing it does both of those or I accidentally pasted that wrong. So I apologize. It does both of those. It's... um. Life and Death is a skill already in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tier four of it, and um, I think there's no game, no include, no addition to the debuff, but it always added a buff to attack and speed while debuffing defense and resistance. Uh, you know, it lowers your uh, defenses while increasing your attack. So hopefully you'll kill them out outright as opposed to. Because if they come back at you, they're more likely to beat you down. Right. Interesting. So so that's good. I'm I'm glad that wasn't a mistake. But uh, the rest of her kit includes Blazing Wind as a special, Special Spiral 3 in the B slot, and Pulse Smoke 3 in the C slot. Um, The the big one about this unit is that it is the first Red Archer. I know a lot of us have been waiting. A lot of us were hoping that Om would become the first Red Archer. But uh, somehow they decided to just uh, go with this hero. Is it because they just they were sick of making making us wait? They didn't want to give us sort of a big splash as the Not red archer. Why they made us wait so long? They had, you know, Lynn was our green archer, Lucina was our blue archer. So that's why we were suspecting Alm as a red archer because, you know, uh, expecting it to be a legendary hero to be the first red archer, uh, but. They kept bringing in green and blue archers and various uh, seasonal banners and then just never brought in red archers. We never knew why. Could just be red as has always been kind of crowded, so they were trying to 
pulled off, but who knows why. Yeah. But we finally have one. I mean, the logic behind red being crowded, I get that. It's almost if red being crowded, you would honestly want it to be a legendary or mythic hero so that so that it is in a condensed somewhat condensed and controlled pool right so you get the eight percent pull instead of the three percent pull on red that might be why they decided not to do it because they didn't want people having an easier time pulling it (laughs) i don't know so it was quality of death instead of quality of life is that what you're saying sure we'll go with that i don't don't think quality of death is a uh is an actual phrase in terms of like features and whatnot but uh, maybe it is and i've just i've just summoned it off the top of my head but honestly like that's um that's pretty. And I have no clue the reasoning why they waited or why they didn't do it as a myth or legendary or mythic. You know. No, I mean I can't think of a legit red archer, but then again, like I think the only one that made sense to Ar- me was was legendary Lynn and as a green archer because she's got the wind going for her. I guess I I, I think um, Lucina being a blue archer didn't make much sense besides her blue armor but that's not really been the whole point of the weapons being and the colored weapons really have no connection to you know don't really have to match the character per se no i guess they really don't have any connection to anything really they're just a color colored weapons don't really exist in the main games Mm, yeah Yeah. you're right maybe it doesn't matter maybe we're spending too much time on something that doesn't (laughs) yeah i mean the Daggers and bows having no colors was initially just because, you know, they didn't quite fit into the normal weapon triangle. They were kind of outside of it, which is why they started as colorless, like staves do. Um, And I'm surprised they haven't started putting in colored staves on us. I guess they consider mage spells like that, but, I mean, having a colored mage, so, you know, you get a bit of a boost on certain units mm-hmm. with the color triangle in the game well if anything i could see them doing a colorless nice. tome before like colored staves right because because yeah, the could. healing units are kind of they've never been a, the strong suit of the game yeah which is why the, i don't see any reason to keep them locked to colorless you know true let, it would let let certainly them give them an added wild. yeah would give them an added boost right in terms of like yeah people wanting and, them in the tempest trial uh did turn out to reveal to us that a green is the daughter of hawkeye right she's gonna be in that new disney plus series mm-hmm. <laughs> is that not what you were going for now uh we also have a hanging chad here <laughs> i mean a chad sitting wait a minute here, wild, you killed my dad things. joke to do another dad joke what's going on here this is inception <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go, go, go. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> yes, we have Chad, the Lycian Wildcat, who is our new three to four star hero. Uh, he's an orphan from Arafin who joins Roy uh, early in Binding Blade because uh, Roy is working against those who burned down his uh, the orphanage he lived at. Uh, he joins, as I mentioned, as a three to four star colorless dagger infantry unit. We actually got to guest star in a uh, five star spot on the Tempest Trials banner. He does not have any new skills as a three to four star unit. Comes with the rogue dagger that uh, many other three to four star dagger users have, uh, notably Mark, Matthew and Gaius, uh, which has dagger five on it instead of seven, like the, some of the five star ones do. Uh, 
he also um, has drawback as a special, uh, speed smoke available at four star, and um, escape route uh, with the top tier lock behind five, the fifth star. If you promote him or get him on the Tempest Trial banner, nice. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they gave this guy the the five star upgrades that you were alluding to it earlier so quickly. Um, and I mean, it kind of fits because lately most of the Tempest Trials have been um, seasonal. Mm-hmm. And this being a non-seasonal Tempest Trial, uh, it fits that the new characters would all be in the, the bonus units. So he really got the five-star upgrade just so because he's a bonus unit more than anything. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad he did. I mean, there it was voted on Discord by, uh, not voted per se, but but told to be probably the worst banner in existence. But I got a free unit out of it, so it's not it's not all bad. Um, uh, the Tempest Trial banner. Yeah, it was I just mean, a bunch of Ray, who's a character. If you started with the game, you got at the start, and yep. it's never that powerful. Uh, Lou would be the big win in that one if you got him off of it from the focus units and i'm not sure he was that amazing i don't so. think so i don't remember anyone writing in about him yep. or writing home uh about him but uh let's uh let's wrap up the units with brunya brunya devoted general burn is the strongest military power in alib and brunya is one of the most powerful spell casters in burn joining fire emblem heroes as the latest free tempest trials unit as a blue tome infantry unit Brenya wields Fimbulverter, which grants resistance plus three, and at start of combat, if penalty is active on unit, or if unit's HP is less than 100%, neutralizes penalties on unit and grants attack, slash speed, slash defense, slash resistance plus four during combat. Other skills in her kit include Glacius as a special, four-star unlock, Death Blow three in the A slot, that's a five-star unlock, and resistance smoke three in the C slot, which is a four star unlock. Uh, and I want to, you know, just quickly touch base on last week's or the last our live episode where we were talking about these um, some of these new these freer units uh, that weren't five star exclusives, and kind of talking about where skills unlock if those if folks are interested in that. So we I, I saw both Eddie and I kind of added that in. So. Um, Seems to be a new trend for us, so hopefully you guys enjoy that little piece of information. But uh, Brunya, well, yeah, well, she seems I, pretty solid. Yeah, she does. And yeah, about the mentioning when the skills unlock, it's, you know, if you're looking to farm a specific skill, it's much better to grab a uh, hanging chat or a, spend some sacred cups or whatever they are on a Brunya to get that res smoke or speed smoke as opposed to getting someone who's locked to five stars if you want to get that skill so exactly well i don't uh inherit that much those who do and want we're looking for that skill this is a good thing for them Mm -hmm. so no i mean uh i've been using her in tempest trials and she's and again she's the only unit i have out of this whole lot uh so she's not true hmm? don't lie you have ray I have Ray. He might not be five star, but who's Ray? I don't sure you understand. He's from the Tempest Trial banner. He's the one who started in your barracks. Oh, at oh, the start oh. of the game. 
I meant little red mage. Oh, dude. I guess yeah, you're right. He is. So I see. That's how much I know about Ray. He is one of the bonus units for Tempest Trials. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not using him. <laughs> Understandable, but that guy's. Everyone has a bonus unit because pretty much everyone has. He unless he's no longer starting with the group, he started with everyone. I sent Ray home. I was like, Ray, go home, and he was like, Oh. He was dying. Well, no, you know, he looks like a kid, so he probably shouldn't be out. No, he should definitely not war. be out. We've had this discussion before. Like, Just he like should go Chad home. Looks like a little kid as well. So yeah, but he—he's a mean-looking little kid. He's a—he's yeah. got a—he's got a scowl to him a little bit there, uh, but he does look small and uh, very feisty. But uh, yeah, that's uh, the, that's our Binding Blade heroes—the six heroes that Fire Emblem Heroes got added over the last week. Um, and we don't have game club. We've got no stories for Elrond Gate. We already kind of covered some speculation of book four, and um, it's looking likely that next week our episode might be a mini, depending on what gets announced and schedules and whatnot. But uh, if we have just the mythic hero, we've kind of talked about it a lot. And if it ends up being what we decided it probably should be, which is Lif or Leaf, um, yep, the insanity of the holidays are here. So, uh. Yeah, we aren't going to be able to record at our normal time next week, so it'll probably be a shorter episode, even if we can both be there to record. But mm-hmm. but it'll be good, and we will certainly keep everyone in the loop. And uh, the best place to visit us to discuss any day of the week, Fire Emblem, is going to our Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers End Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can obviously visit us on the web and find all of our past episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. If you want to email us directly, it's Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. That's F-E-H, if you're wondering. I doubt you're wondering at this point. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Find myself at rmurphy, eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.